Life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. All so you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's the Smucker's Uncrustables Radio Hour. With round, soft, pillowy bread filled with delicious PB&J. Here's your host, Uncrustables. Caller on line three. What's eating you? No one. Crust, is that you? Ugh. Uncrustables are the best part of the sandwich. Sorry, Crust. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep downfield, Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is hauled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Going Deep podcast. We're here today on a mini short uh, with the breaking news of the Xavier Rhodes signing to, at least for now, the Bills practice squad. We're here with Destin Adams from Stampede Blue to discuss some of the things that everyone's been asking about when it comes to Rhodes. Why was he a free agent in the first place? What happened at the end of his tenure in Indianapolis? What happened in the beginning of his tenure in Indianapolis? And his familiarity with uh, with his defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, back in his time from Minnesota. So, Destin, really appreciate you making a few minutes to pop on today. Hey, any any time. I mean, if, if anybody else in the AFC has to have success, I'm down for it to be Josh Allen and the Bills. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to talk Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, great, man. Really appreciate you making a few minutes as it's been a pretty, um, you know, since the news broke, we were, you know, we never really know what the Bills are looking at doing. They're they're known to develop from within. They have some of the higher uh, ranked undrafted free agents that they like to use, a la, you know, uh, Levi Wallace, who's now in Pittsburgh and others. They've, they tried a UDFA last week when uh, they had some injury bugs. So the Bills are known to, to usually promote within. But then we heard the news of Xavier Rhodes. You know, that was probably... You know, beside Joe Hayden, who retired one of the bigger names left in the market in general after Jason Pierre Paul signed in Baltimore, you know, maybe Odell Beckham Jr., who's rehabbing an injury. But outside of those, you know, Xavier Rhodes is probably next on the list. So, you know, kind of caught us off by, you know, surprise up against the cap. You know, we weren't really expecting to spend that. Um, you know, he only has a practice squad contract right now, but I assume that he's not making practice squad money. But Dustin, why don't we start from the top? Why don't you tell me about his tenure in Indianapolis and what you saw from Xavier Rhodes? You know, we played Indianapolis a good amount. Um, and you know, he was to us a pretty good corner from the outsider's perspective. Why don't you talk about his tenure in Indianapolis and, um, you know, kind of his two years there? Yeah, I want to start with just saying my fandom for Xavier Rhodes goes deep because I remember back to the 2013 draft, just watching him fall down the draft board and wanting the Colts to take him so bad just for the Colts to take Bajorn Warner one pick before Mm. Minnesota takes Xavier Rhodes at pick 25. So 
that that I just had to put that in there as well. <laughs> no, um, I mean, but I mean, Xavier Rhodes isn't any, he's not a stranger to signing late into free agency. I mean, go back to 2019 when he originally comes over to Indianapolis. That was a pretty late into free agency move. Now, was it week three um, of the NFL year, um, almost week four? No. Um, but for Xavier Rhodes in 2019, coming off his tenure in Minnesota, it was kind of known coming into Indianapolis that he was a guy who seemed to be on the downward spiral of his career age-wise, was going away from the point where he used to excel in man coverage, now was basically coming over to a place where we played more zone than just about anybody in 2019. So it just felt like a a place where he could recreate his career in a whole entire new place. Um, in 2019, we saw that. I mean, Xavier Rhodes came in and he looked like a Pro Bowl caliber guy again. He just looked like a guy who could shut down other guys, number one receivers, playing in that zone defense. And it looked like the Colts had found this number one corner again that they really hadn't had since like Avante Davis. Um, yeah. And I mean, Buffalo knows a little bit about Vontae Davis. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, we but, sure do. We're oh, hoping yeah, for it, not a similar output. Yeah, I mean, it, at least wait till after a game, right? Um, for, right. For, to leave. Yeah, but, but for Xavier Rhodes, um, in that 2019 year, we just got to see him put everything together, and we, we kind of got to see how the zone defense reconstructed his career. Now – he goes off that 2019 year, a one-year prove-it year deal, um, goes into 2020. I feel like everyone in Indianapolis felt like he was going to go somewhere else just because he played. He overplayed that one-year prove-it deal that the Colts ended up giving him uh, because you always want that one-year deal to work. But I think for the Colts, they felt like it worked too much, and it felt like he was going to go for a higher dollar amount than they were willing to do for that age of the corner. Um, so yet again, he yeah. went, he waited late into free agency where he didn't resign with Indy until the third or fourth tier stages of free agency, really. And this time being a little bit more surprising, he comes back. I will say that this tenure – I remember myself being a little bit more outspoken on the facts of, hey, I really shouldn't be expected from Xavier Rhodes to mimic those 2019 numbers because it was a kind of ridiculous numbers when you look at it, um, at his completion percentage allowed, the QBR rating when targeting Xavier Rhodes. Like the numbers were crazy in that first year with Indy. So that second year, I just really wanted fans to understand and probably a lot of Buffalo fans that are listening. I want you to expect the version of Xavier Rhodes that we kind of saw down that second half of the year in Indianapolis this past year where he was, he was injured that first four or five weeks where he was, he was bad those first four to five weeks. He, he was nursing an injury, so he was nowhere near 100%. Um, but then once he started to get healthy a little bit and was able to practice a little more, um, we saw that Xavier Rhodes was still somebody who could be that number two outside corner, and you can use him in those zone coverages, especially in the short and medium route, short and medium route um, form of the defense. I, I still think he struggled a lot when it comes to having to rebound and play on the deep level, um, which I know with the Bills, you guys are struggling a little bit with those safeties right now. Um, so I, I just hope for Xavier Rhodes and for you guys that he's not going to be asked a lot to have to play on that deep end of things. 
Yeah, and what's interesting too is that if you look at the numbers, the Bills' number two corner last year was Levi Wallace, aforementioned here earlier on the show. 650 yards allowed in coverage, 11.8 yards per care, uh, catch, 308 yards after catch, long of 64, five touchdowns. Xavier Rhodes actually had a little bit better and a few and, and a few less uh, coverage snaps that he had a few games that he didn't play. 524 yards, 12.8 yards per catch, uh, 182 yak yards, so limited that a little bit. 57 uh, long and two touchdowns shows to be at least equal or better than what the Bills were having last year with Levi Wallace, a guy that ended up getting semi-paid with Pittsburgh this year. So what's interesting to me is that, like, at the very least, the Bills are looking for a cornerback two production. They're not looking for lockdown stuff. They're not looking for the next, uh, you know, you know, whoever you would consider the number one corner in the league right now, Jeff Akuda, apparently shutting down everybody in Detroit, shutting down Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, really has a has a good list of, of names he shut down early in his career here uh, as we start 2022. But we're not looking for that. The Bills have a really good scheme. It protected them well against Tua and the Miami offense. Uh, you know, they're starting Kyrie Elam, a guy that is only he does a lot of limited production so far, which has been great to see. Tyreek Hill only went for 40 yards last week. So there's definitely they're not looking for him to be a game changer, Dustin. They just need somebody that can come in, be smart, be savvy, be, you know, maybe cover someone's second or third best option. The Bills do have Taron Johnson in the slot to cover some of the better slot receivers in the league. So they're not necessarily looking for him to come in and hopefully not go against the top flight you know, receivers. Will he see Devin DuVernay this weekend? Will he see Rashad Bateman? I don't know if he'll be active this week. I would assume he will be, um, but I guess it could take him a week to, to get up to speed. What's your opinion on if he could come in and be successful as the Bills' number two corner? And most likely, when Dane Jackson's healthy, you're going to see Trey White in a few weeks. He's going to be needed less, less and less. So he's going to need to come in and be a number two corner right off the bat. Um, but you'll probably see him more in corner four role as the season rolls on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Xavier Rhodes, um, just as your corner four, corner five, I mean, that's a, that's excellent value um, when you're looking right. at the full scheme of things when the Bills are completely healthy. But more importantly, I think Xavier Rhodes is more than serviceable um, when it being asked to play in these heavy zone type defenses. I mean, he has a, a different um, type of relationship, obviously, with Leslie Frazier from being able to play with him in the past. So he's coming in with a little bit of knowledge already with how the Bills coverage schemes are going to look. Um, I think the other element of things where the Bills only win with an Xavier Rhodes signing is there was not a young player on the defense that you heard in Indianapolis not rave about Xavier Rhodes. It didn't matter mm -hmm. if he was a corner. It didn't matter if he was a safety. It didn't matter if he was a linebacker, defensive lineman. The young look to Xavier Rhodes and the leadership he has and just the knowledge that he's had over his playing career. And Xavier Rhodes just meant a lot to a lot of these young guys in Indianapolis. And I remember um, Rocky Asin, who's now a Las Vegas Raider, um, but was in Indianapolis when Xavier Rhodes was here. Um, every chance he got when he was being asked about Xavier Rhodes would just talk so much about how much he's meant to him as a pro and how much he's been able to develop his game. So I think that's the other big thing is Xavier Rhodes is going to be, I think he's going to be more than serviceable playing for you guys right now, but for a guy like Elam, who um, I think is a very talented corner. And one of the things he's going to have to learn, um, in my opinion, you can correct me as if you, if you'd like, as you, um, watch the team more than I do, obviously. Um, but I think Elam, one of the things he's going to have to learn is when to use that aggressive side of that he has for good in the NFL. Um, because there is a thing where you're too aggressive as a corner and you're too handsy. Mm -hmm. You go for the ball a little too much. And, and those kind of things can bite you as much as they can win you things. So I think 
Rhodes is going to be a very good mentor for those guys as much as he's going to be a serviceable spot play corner for you guys. And that makes sense because the Bills started Christian Benford, a really impressive six-round rookie from Villanova who has a just a bear in tackling. He's been really great in zone coverage, was really a great gem find by Brandon Bean and beat out your first-round choice in Kyrie. I mean, for lack of a better term, he beat him out. So the aggressiveness, the man-to-man coverage that he had been used to, he'd been used to not needing to do too much in, 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 in college. So some of those things, not needing a crazy scheme, that, that kind of relied on him kind of being corner forward or start the season. Obviously, things changed really quickly with some injuries to Dane, number one corner, Dane Jackson, number two corner, uh, Christian Benford, and now Kyrie Elam's your number one corner uh, until Trey White's back and Benford rehabs at a broken hand over the next few weeks. And Dane Jackson rehabs his neck injury that we saw him get ambulanced off against um, you know the Titans early on in the home opener. So the, their top two to three are injured, depending on where you consider Taron Johnson. But Xavier Rhodes needs to come in right off the bat and get going. Like, so my question to you is what happened at his end, end of the tenure? Like a lot of people will ask, like, he seems to be serviceable, at least corner two, corner four level where, what happened at his end? Did he say at the end of the year in Indianapolis, he was looking to move on? Was he looking to retire? Was he looking for a starting job? Like where, how did that end in Indy? And then from there, like, had anything come out that maybe he was interested in signing back with Indy? Like, where did all that leave um, for him? Yeah, so I feel like his tenure in Indy began um, just because he had some familiarity with some of the staff. I mean, Jonathan Gannon, who is now in Philadelphia and making a pretty big name for himself over there, obviously, mm-hmm. um, had some re- mm-hmm. had a relationship with Xavier Rhodes when back in Minnesota. Um, so th- I think that opened the door originally when he was leaving Minnesota to come to Indianapolis, um, and then Gannon ends up taking the defensive coordinator job in Philadelphia. Um, Xavier Rhodes is a free agent again. I think I honestly feel like even going into last year, the plan after that 2019 year was for him to be elsewhere already. Um, but for whatever reason, the free agent market did not go his way, even after having a really successful year. Like I said, in that 2019, 2020 year, it, that prove it, your deal should have worked for him. It, pr- it should have yeah. led to one final contract because of how high level play it was. It didn't go his way, and I think because of that, he ended up coming back to Indianapolis because he had that success in the similar system. Iberflus was still here. Um, Gannon was no longer here, but because he had had that success already, he decided to come back. Um, I think because of that injury and just starting out slow, it caused him just to have a little bit of a rougher year. And then once you hit free agency again, you didn't, you weren't able to replicate that 2019 year. Um, the entire defensive staff in Indianapolis is gone now. Um, after Iberflus takes the job in Chicago, um, he takes about 90% of the Colts <laughs> staff with him on the defensive side of the ball. And then with the new teams of coordinator coming in anyway, you usually want to give those guys the chance to hire their own. So I just feel like with, with the less of a relationship with the coaching staff, I just think Xavier Rhodes always felt like he was going to be elsewhere. And, he's, and like I said earlier, he's always been a guy who has been willing to be patient um, into free agency and he'll wait for the best contract, the best team, the best area. And I think he sees Buffalo as a very great environment to be around a great team. And I think he just sees this as a chance to win right now, but also fill a need that you guys have. Yeah. I mean, really appreciate you popping on here. And once again, we have disguise coverage coming up here. 
um, at seven o'clock, nine o'clock, we have cover one Buffalo going on. So we wanted to make sure we spent some time here, 15 to 20 minutes to talk just Xavier Rhodes. And your end all a sum up opinion is obviously goes to the practice squad. That's pretty common. You see it from Cole Beasley and then elevated um, to, to start in Tampa this week. Uh, you know, you kind of see that that's kind of where veterans due to the new practice squad rules where they start. I think it's kind of bending the rules. I think you should have to sign to the active roster personally, but they know that Xavier Rhodes is now not going to go sign with XYZ team off their practice squad. They know they could basically steal a practice or a, a roster spot by doing the practice squad uh, jumbling up. But where do you see, like, do you see him, like, is he a workout warrior? Like, is he somebody that is a film buff? Like, based on what you know about your, you know, couple of years there, what kind of, what kind of player is he? Does he rely on his instincts? At the end of the day, are the Bills going to get someone that you think could suit up on Sunday? Or is it something where, well, maybe a week or two from now, what's your opinion on his, his availability based on what you know about him? Yeah, I mean, as the year ended last year, it felt like he was getting to the point of being more towards 100% anyway. Um, okay. So, I mean, without having any knowledge of what his workout regimen has been during the offseason, um, he, he was usually a guy who would miss multiple practices in a week and still find a way to play. Um, so he's that kind of guy, just gritty, wanting to make a way out there. I really think where Xavier Rhodes is going to be able to have more of a longevity career is that he's just such a smart football player. He just is that high IQ type corner that is able to make other young guys smarter around him just by being in the room and talking football. So I feel like because of that, because of where his skill set is, he's going to be serviceable right away if you guys need him to. And my expectation from where your guys' corner room is and with the move happening, it'll probably be a situation where for the first week he stays on the practice squad and they call him up on game day with the new NFL's uh, rule where you're able to do that, which, like you kind of said, it, se it seems cheating, but it's legal now. So, I mean, they, they can just kind of stuff stick them there and then i feel like once that if that goes well and he's able to play i think that's when you guys will move him up to the active roster full time and just send him there for the rest of the year um but i, I do think it's a good move for buffalo in a situation where there's not a lot of options out there free wise on the free agency market like this so i think xavier rhodes is a win for you guys just for the fact that he's going to be that corner four normally but i think he can definitely be a serviceable corner too yeah, and he'll see, you know, what the likes of B Bateman, DuVernay this weekend, James Prochet. Uh, you know, he's not up to a huge, you know, the, the Ravens pass the ball a little bit better than they have in the past. It's not a crazy assignment, I wouldn't say, here to have to be in a scheme-friendly defense and have to cover them. Do you think he can be six? And then the Bills play Pittsburgh next weekend. Maybe a little bit more challenging of receivers, but less challenging of a quarterback. So do you think that those are their next two games and then they'll approach Kansas city, uh, which you know well about Kansas city. And you could talk to me about that uh, in, in Indianapolis, help their own case, but also help the rest of the AFC there. Uh, you're, welcome. Care yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. We, we needed it after we needed the, we needed the mulligan on uh, the Colts Colts came through for him there. Um, so those are their next three challenges. And it looked to me like the Colts receivers just aren't the same without Tyree kill. So what's your opinion on can Xavier Rhodes come in what you just saw against Kansas city. And then what you saw against, potentially Baltimore and Pittsburgh, is he up to the challenge to be able to, to fill in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is. I mean, it's just all about what you ask him to do. I mean, like I said earlier, as long as you're not trying to put – I mean, let's use Baltimore, for example, um, with Devin DuVernay. You never want to be in the situation – where so Devin Duvernay currently is being kind of used as that big play to stretch the field type of receiver for Baltimore. 
I would not want Xavier Rhodes to be responsible for him on the back end in any type of scheming and coverages. You want to make sure that there's a handoff there, um, for lack of a better word, just because that's just where Xavier Rhodes really does struggle. Is if you if he gets beat in the medium and you have and he has to rebound for the deep plays, uh, you're you're gonna have some upset fans with Xavier Rhodes. I've had to guess. Yeah. But if, if, if the coaches play to his strengths, let him play in the short to medium level short of things, zone, yeah. ha- have that handoff on the back end, which in, in most zone coverages you're going to see anyway mm-hmm. um, for a corner like Xavier Rhodes. I, I think he will succeed in these next three games. Now, um, talking about Kansas City, it, it's a little different now with the Tyree Kill exit, and I think they're still trying to figure out a lot of things because um, they have all these guys, and, and everyone talked about it the entire year coming up is, that every single Kansas City fan or beat writer or anyone that covers the team wanted to tell you that they're actually better now because they don't have a Tyree Kill guy and they just have a lot of different guys in the receiver room. But the problem that it's creating is I don't think the Chiefs know what they want that passing game identity to be right now. And they don't have that guy just to take the top off of you. So Mahomes is having to choose a lot of different guys. Um, you saw, you've seen Justin Watson filling in there. Um, you they probably want Sky Moore to be that, but for whatever reason, they've just not been able to have him on the field as a receiver constantly. Um, I think the assignments that you'll kind of see in that game for an Xavier Rhodes is they're using Juju a lot in that short to medium level. Um, I think Juju is probably the receiver you'll see Xavier Rhodes on the most in that game, just because of where the assignments will lie. But I think Kansas city is as beatable as they've ever been on offense just right now, for sure, just because they don't know who they are. And that, that's a big difference from where Mahomes and company have been the past years. Whereas I think Buffalo, for example, they know exactly who they are on offense. And I feel like on defense, um, when they're healthy, they know exactly who they are. Um, right now, there may be a little bit of learning curves over there um, with some of the injuries going on. But I think Xavier Rhodes will be more than serviceable in all these matchups. I do. Interesting. Yeah. And the Bills, once again, will have a probably very shortly have a very healthy side at Oliver, a very healthy front seven. Their, their pass rush has been great. They're stopping the run. They're number one, believe it or not, in most defensive categories, which is insane. Um, playing literal, literal UDFAs from the local college um, here in Buffalo. So it's really uh, impressive to see what the scheme can be. And it's a copycat league. And uh, people ask the Bills fans all the time, like, why don't more people copy their defensive scheme? I don't know that answer. I think the Bills defensive scheme is great. Uh, you saw the downfalls to it, though, where they're lacking players. Tua made one play to Jalen Waddle down the field late in the game uh, to a missed coverage against the third safety, the fifth corner. Like, it happens. Uh, but outside of that, on a third and 23, the Bills played fantastic football, causing a safety late in the game. Uh, Von Miller finally getting the best of Taron Armstead. Like there is enough going on in the Bills. Even Gregory Rousseau dominating his side of the ball. The Bills are fine in the front seven, really, really strong, two really well-playing linebackers. So, and then now Jordan Poyer will be back, which will, to your point, change the game if Devin Duvernay decides to need to be passed off. Jordan Poyer is one of the best in the business at, at being able to, to being passed off too. So the Bills will feel pretty comfortable with that. And then Pittsburgh's in between there having to cover maybe a George Pickens. I'm not as concerned there. I think he'll, his veteran savviness will go against the rookie early on there. So that's kind of where I think he'll win as Chase Claypool will play, probably, probably play more in the slot against Taron Johnson. So I think that they'll have a winnable matchup against Pittsburgh with some of their talented receivers. But we really appreciate you coming on here over the 20 minutes to talk, Xavier Rhodes. What's your final opinion on what you think he can? you think he'll be someone that you'll see in a playoff lineup? Or do you think he'll be somebody that you won't hear from him again after these three games? What's your opinion? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it'll just really depend on Buffalo's health and just kind of like their overall thought of the corner room. I mean, I think there's some talented guys in that corner room when you're fully healthy, so it may be a little tougher for Xavier Rhodes to be that number two every down corner for Buffalo. But I've been saying for weeks that I feel like Xavier Rhodes, if he was willing to take a spot to be a rotational outside piece, I think that would be valuable to a lot of playoff teams. I just think he Mm -hmm. has the ability to rotate in and give some guys some snaps off but be served serviceable in the meantime which is why you don't see a lot of these playoff teams doing it because they don't have those serviceable corner fours and fives to rotate in and feel comfortable in come playoff time like you're saying to have on the field i think xavier rhodes is not that same case i think he's a guy you can have in that fourth spot rotate him in get him that 20 25 snaps a game realm of things when you're fully healthy where you can keep the corners healthy after they get healthy um, and just be able to rotate them in, but be able to play well when you do it. Dustin, really appreciate you coming on here. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you, what you have working on over there? I love a lot of the Colts guys. I actually have some, some good friends across Colts land. I know I got Cody Felger. Um, mm-hmm. I know I have a couple of really close friends in the, in the, in the Colts community. Why don't you tell us where we can find your work, what you're working on, what's next for the Colts and do you see them making a threat here to be a wild card team? Yeah, I mean wild card and or winning the division and or winning. I feel the like division. I feel like winning the division still in sight. Okay, um, right. I do. I mean, we're gonna find out a lot against Tennessee this week. But uh, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Destin Adams. It sounds like I'm prideful, but for whatever reason. At Destin Adams is just taken, and if you're listening at Destin Adams on Twitter, just you know, I, I've I've checked your account. You don't use it. Give it up. Let me have it. But at the Destin Adams is that my ad on Twitter. I'm currently covering the Colts for SB Nation over at Stampede Blue. Um, you can find me on. I have a show going on twice a week, the Saddle Up Show with Shad and Destin. I'm actually recording tonight to talk about the Chiefs game um, and a little bit of Tennessee preview. Um, so you can find me there if forever if you ever just need to fill that Colts fix in between your Buffalo Bills. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, to me, I I don't know. Like I know the Colts didn't look great for a little while there, but Jacksonville's a threat. I don't think you see anything from Houston. The Titans aren't as good as they normally are. Uh, the Bills absolutely pounded them into the sand, but they did bounce back a little bit against the Raiders. And I guess it did feel good. It did feel good to watch Tennessee get pounded into the sand. It did. Yeah. I mean, they, and then they still almost lost last weekend. So um, they still almost found a way to lose that when I thought they had that in control. Um, So I do believe that the division very much in the open for Indy. And and unfortunately, Jacksonville, one of my least favorite teams in the league, we played them in the playoffs a few years ago and just those fans came out of nowhere and they're just so insufferable. Uh, But nothing's worse than, than Dolphins fans, man. I just, I just need you to know that. But uh, hear from us at the Going Deep podcast. Tune in to all of Dustin's stuff over there for great I mean, great indie content producers, seriously, over there uh, in your world. You're kind of like Buffalo to where you have a lot of good content. Um, and really appreciate you making time. Hopefully, maybe we'll get a playoff game. Uh, maybe we'll do some crossover stuff for a playoff match. Maybe. Hey, uh, at some point, you got, my, you, got, I mean, you got my you got my contact information if you ever need it. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's not outlandish. It's a little... Yeah, it, it could happen. It could happen. I mean, we were in the playoffs the Philip Rivers year. That was a close yeah. one. I think that was Josh Allen's first yeah. playoff playoff game even. Um, so we had that in there. Um, but hopefully for you guys, if we meet in the playoffs, it's a little better than uh, the Buffalo Colts game play, last year. Oh, my God. Yeah, we play the AFC South all the time in the playoffs. Uh, his first game was against the Texans, actually, where uh, it was just a stupid game um, where the Bills are winning and then kind of gave up the lead, then went to overtime. Deshaun Watson made some spinning 360, um, and that was that. Was that. Uh, but, yeah, we played – I thought the, the Colts played really – I actually think thought they played better 
their best team that they played in the playoffs. And Philip Rivers was great in that game. That was um, a good game. It was a good way to go out, honestly, for him. Seriously. Um, but anyways, you know, from the Going Deep podcast, we really appreciate you making some time here, Dustin. We, we hope to have you on the show soon. Appreciate everybody tuning in here. We have a couple shows coming up at 7 and 9. Tune into those as we talk more Ravens and we talk more other things. But Dustin, really appreciate you coming on Talking Roads. And hopefully we'll catch you in the future, man. Thanks for thanks for popping on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep downfield, and it's caught inside the 20. Right now, I just want to talk about this championship. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. It's the Smucker's Uncrustables Radio Hour with round soft pillowy bread filled with delicious PB&J. Here's your host, Uncrustables. Caller on line three. What's eating you? No one. Crust, is that you? Ugh. Uncrustables are the best part of the sandwich. Sorry, Crust. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.